What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Same Team, an LGBTQ sports podcast. I am your host, Daniel Trainer. How are you? Thank you very much for listening. Appreciate you being here. It's a fun episode today. Uh, you can probably tell that I'm sick. I, you know when you get sick and you're, you get very self-conscious about your voice? Uh, that's where I am now. You're probably like, no, you always sound this annoying. Uh, if that's the case, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, I feel like I sound insane, so uh, I'm going to keep this short, but today's episode is really fun. I'm really excited about it, and I I hope you enjoy it as much as I I do and and enjoyed recording it. Anthony Bowens is my guest. Anthony is a uh, professional wrestler, a a gay professional wrestler, and, and that in itself has really become a story here on this podcast. I mean, Anthony is is the latest in a line of, of wrestlers who have been on this show. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know this. If you haven't, uh, let me fill you in. I'm, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. So it's really fun to chat with somebody like Anthony, but it's part of a bigger story in the sense that the LGBTQ community has become such a part of the independent professional wrestling scene in a way that is so exciting and so rewarding uh, and in, in many ways fulfilling for somebody like me who's been watching wrestling my entire life. So Anthony and I talk a lot about that, about sort of this groundswell of, of support and of talent in the indie wrestling scene. It's, it's, it's really fun. Anthony is, is such a fun guy, so funny, so smart, so personable. We talk about growing up, and, and, and then really the crazy thing, you'll hear him discuss this but the way that he really got into professional wrestling is a (laughs) truly a a DIY way uh it's a great story I really enjoy the conversation with Anthony and like I said it's it it was a pleasure to talk to somebody who is on the front lines of LGBTQ support in the pro wrestling world and then more so than that just just in the sports world in general he's doing so much he was just on the cover of Gay Times Magazine. He and his boyfriend, Michael, uh, have a YouTube channel that is really interesting and smart and funny. I chat with Anthony a lot about his relationship with Michael and the evolution that it's taken. You know, Anthony is an interesting guy because he initially came out as bisexual, and then that sort of transitioned into him coming out as being gay. And that path is very interesting, I think, and, and he wrote... A piece about that and the conversation that I was able to have with him, I think, hopefully, is very enlightening about that path. The way that he's able to discuss his evolution in terms of his sexuality while also giving credence and respect to uh, bisexuality. I think it's a really interesting thing and, and a topic that I haven't really covered on the podcast before. So I was thrilled to get the chance to chat with Anthony about that, his journey and where he is now. It's it's quite a story, and I think you'll sort of fall in love with Anthony uh, along the way here, as, as so many people have, and, and the sky's the limit for him and his professional wrestling career. I can't wait to see where he's going to go. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. I thank Anthony very much for his time. I appreciate you listening, and let's just get into it. Uh, here's the same team one-on-one conversation with Anthony Bowens. <laughs> I have to see him, and I'm so excited about this because as a just 
diehard pro wrestling fan my entire life. Um, it's it's cool. it's always a thrill to get to chat to guys who are doing it, and and I've really appreciated on this podcast. I've had the opportunity to chat to or, or chat with some some guys who are out, and I just the intersectionality of just pro wrestling and sexuality I find so interesting. So I'm I'm excited to chat with you about that a little bit. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Of course, man. Um, yeah, so let's just uh, let's just dive into it. I, I would love to find out before we get into the nitty gritty of where you are now. I'd, I'd love to find out how we got there. Where did you grow up? Oh, I'm from uh, New Jersey. I grew up in Newark and then moved to Nutley, and uh, I currently reside here now. So you've you've never left. No, I look f- uh, forward to doing so. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, right now I'm really focused on making sure that I have everything set before I kind of branch out and dive into some other places because I have a couple friends who um, I feel like they left a little bit too early and they took a hit financially. So I'm just saving and saving, saving as much as I can. So you're you're a reasonable guy. I like I like to hear that. Yes. It's funny because I I moved around a lot growing up as as a kid. Like every three or four years, I was I was moving just because of my dad's job. So we would sort of you know go to a new city every three or four years. So it's interesting. I, I personally can't imagine being in the same place for somebody's entire life. And I'm sure you're looking at me like how I can't imagine picking up and leaving that many times. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. I mean, I like traveling and stuff, but I like coming back to one place that I've been for a very long time that I'm very, it's my, my root or my foundation. I like that for sure. I, I understand that. I can appreciate that. So growing up, did you play sports or were you an athlete? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I was really, really into baseball. And I think that is honestly the only thing I was into. I didn't really play uh, football or soccer or like multi-sports. It's usually um, Baseball, I, I played or started playing Little League in, when I was 10 years old, and I played baseball for 11 or 12 years all the way through college. Oh, really? Where did you go to school? Uh, two years at Seton Hall University and then two years at Montclair State University. Oh, nice. I talked to uh, Derek Gordon on this podcast before who played basketball at Seton Hall uh, for a bit. You guys are you guys are brethren. Correct. I think he graduated – I think we might have been in school at the same time, I think. Or he may have graduated first. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit older, right? I think. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. So, so growing up, are are you a wrestling fan? Yes. So, <clears throat> my first wrestling memory was the. You said you're a wrestling fan, so you should probably know this. Uh, sure, I Sting. will. But if I don't, please don't <laughs> drag me. Uh, the Sting versus Hulk Hogan from Starcade '97. Yes. So you were. Okay. So were you more of a WCW guy? In the beginning, yes, because my dad wouldn't let me watch it was like the height of the or the beginning of the attitude era so i didn't really like the fact um which is weird because he kind of just let me do everything at one point but at the very beginning he was like i don't know if i want you watching that yet and um so i was a wcw guy for a while and then one day i came home and i had a vhs tape waiting for me after school and it said wrestlemania 14 on it and i and then after that, he just knew that he couldn't let me like, not watch that anymore. So how did you, how did you get into wrestling? Was your dad into it, or did you find it all on your own? My dad is actually I wouldn't call him a massive wrestling fan, but he had been watching wrestling since the the sixties. Yeah. So he said his earliest memory was he had me on his lap. It was probably earlier, like ninety two, ninety three, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And he said Hogan was on TV and he was like hulking up. And then he felt this little thing, like this little fist come across his face. It was me. <laughs> me <laughs> punching so that was his earliest wrestling memory. Oh, I don't man. remember that, but yeah, he had me watching wrestling early. A wrestler from day one. <laughs> that's see, right see that's interesting to me because it, it's something that i think about and i, I want to ask you about because as as somebody like myself i grew up a, a huge wrestling fan but never once did i consider being a wrestler and it, it never felt like an accessible world it did i did i wouldn't have even known what to do or where to go or how to get started i mean you're punching your dad at the age of two so i mean you clearly you it was in your blood from day one but but like at what point in your life did you start thinking about wanting to actually do it well i was similar to you that i was like i thought to myself it would be cool to do and i had uh i'm an only child so i had like a billion wrestling figures and i had my own federation and um, the see, Rocky Maivia. See, see, maybe I got it out of my system as a kid because I had a brother, and he and I would just wrestle in the living room and put on pay per views and stuff. So that was my <laughs> that was my version of it. So you didn't have that opportunity, so you had to go seek it out. Correct. Um, I used to pretend the the Jack series, Superstar series oh. four or five. Um, the Rocky Maivia figure I used to pretend was me, uh, but I had no idea that I can actually become one because, like you said, I had no idea how to even access that world. So, um, baseball eventually came along, and then once that chapter of my life ended, I was trying to find something to fill the void. Sure. And so, what happened was one particular night, I forgot which hurricane it was, but it was the night before. Um, a couple of my friends had their, their move-in delayed to college, so we were just sitting around. Everybody was, like, frightened, staying home, so we were bored. And my one buddy, Nico, was like, why don't we, like, do a wrestling video? It'll probably be funny. So I was like, okay. And we just put together this little um, <laughs> this little story, I guess, of us just beating the crap out of each other, doing funny things, in like, inside of a house. Of course. And- Posted it on YouTube, and for some reason, it like caught on locally. So we started this little. Oh <laughs> this little no series. way! A couple hundred people would follow, and through that, the feedback was: you know, you, you kind of you never trained before, but it kind of looks like you've done it before. Like, right. have you ever? And you're, become- you're, you said you're what? You're like seventeen, eighteen at this point. At that point, it was I think it was nineteen, 19. or twenty. Oh, okay. yeah. So you're, yeah, I mean, you're, you're like a, you're a man at this point. Yeah, technically. <laughs> I looked like I was 16. I, I matured quite slowly. But anyway, um, so that, that was the feedback I got. And that kind of first planted the seed that maybe it was something I should look into. And as mm-hmm. I started getting a little bit more serious about it, I started looking into like going to Lance Storm school, heading down to Florida, but none of that was financially uh, feasible for me at the, at the time. And then... I think fast forward about a year, um, I found out that WWE was going to be in the area. And typically when they are, a lot of the roster goes to the gym that I go to, my local gym. Oh, wow. Okay. So that day, I emailed all my professors and told them I was sick, wouldn't be coming into class today. And I went to the gym to go meet as many people as possible. No way. Yeah. Um, and then met a bunch of people, took photos, and the last person that I was – uh, I almost didn't bother because he was doing abs was Santino Morella. Yes. Like, ah, screw it. Um, I'll probably never see him again. So I went up to him, like, respectfully, of course, in between sets. Like, hey, can I have a picture? I don't want to close a scene. He was like, sure. It's even funnier because he stayed in gimmick. <laughs> and 
Um, <laughs> as that I was sounds walking, really <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> it does. Especially, especially for him. Second of the day. Um, as I was walking away, he stopped me and was like, hey, you know, you look like a pro wrestler. Have you ever thought about becoming one? And I was like, Wait, you, uh, I thought you were going to go and bring this up to these guys. You just went to take pictures and meet them? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, thank God for Santino. Okay, so what does he say? Yeah. He said, um, oh, okay, well, sh- uh, hold on one second. He pulled out his phone and gave me the number to Pat Buck, who is the uh, head trainer at Creative Pro Wrestling Academy and owner of WrestlePro. And I went down there the next week. And I started my wrestling career. No way! All thanks to Santino. Yep, that's amazing. I've n- I've I've never heard you tell that story before. That's fantastic. So you yeah. so all thanks to Santino, you go down and and it, you know when you're starting, are you thinking about this as a potential career, or are you just kind of doing it for fun? Um, usually when I dive into things, I I go pretty hard. So <laughs> I was like, this is. It needs to be my career because the first time I I went and I saw training and they were just doing like chain wrestling on mats because the the gym at the time was obliterated by Hurricane Sandy. Okay. Uh, And it just they weren't able to put a ring up. So they were just on like amateur wrestling mats in a room. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm -hmm. I want to do this for a very long time. I'm just wondering, you know, when you're starting to go, I mean, how how often are you are you going to the gym? How often are you training? I mean, you say that you just sort of jump into these things. I mean, are you just jumping in with both feet all, you know, right away? Are you going every day? Is this something that just right out of the gate you're taking extremely seriously? Yeah. um, As far as wrestling training, I was going three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for like three or four hours. So I was pretty banged up. But I if I also in school at this point. Yeah, was it 2000? Yes. I graduated in 2013. I joined the wrestling school in the end of November of 2012. So for a couple months, I was going to school. Yeah, that's a lot to do all at once. Yeah, a typical day would be I'd wake up, I either would have class or I would go into New York City because I had an internship with uh, ESPN New York at the time, and I would do that all day. I'd come home, eat as fast as I can, hop in a car, drive down the wrestling training, train for three or four hours, uh, leave there, go right to the gym and work out for an hour and a half, then go to bed. <laughs> wow. So you're just you're just in it. Yeah, I was committed from day one. So at this point in your life, where are you in terms of your sexuality? Have you have you come out to yourself at all? Have you come out to family, friends, anything like that? So I first started to notice there was something, I guess, different sometime, I guess, midway through high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried ignoring it for a long while. And then as my high school career went on and my love life was just non-existent. <laughs> I started to think a lot more uh, heavily about it in college. So I think that was around the time where I really just started noticing, I guess, how strong it was. And uh, the first person I told was my best friend, Greg, in is it 2010, mm-hmm. um, which was, I mean, it's funny, but not funny. I, I made it so dramatic that he thought I was dying. <laughs> And then he's like, oh, no, it's worse. You're gay. <laughs> um, yeah, and I sat him down on uh, on the couch in his house, and I told him, and he was like, oh, I wish you would have told me earlier. I really don't care. And we just had a long discussion about it. Now, are you – sorry, not not to cut you off. At this point, are you, are you coming out as gay or are you coming out as bisexual? Bisexual. Yeah. Not to jump ahead, but, I, yeah, I just, I, wanted to, I just wanted to ask that. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I, I can't wait. So you come out to Greg, and Greg is 
sort of upset that you didn't tell him earlier, which is, you know, that's such a typical thing. Like that comes up on this podcast so many times. It's like when I when I hear people's coming out stories, the the biggest reaction is always, well, of course we knew, and always and also, well, I wish you would have told us sooner. Which, listen, I'm not trying to throw Greg under a bus here. I'm sure Greg is fantastic, but um, it is such an interesting answer. It's like, can't what, this isn't about you. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> let me have my well, moment here. Funny story about that. He, he's, Greg is the best with everything, but at the time we were, I think it was the first time he's ever had somebody come out to him, so he wasn't sure how to handle it. I found out years down the road, he t- <laughs> because he was so shocked by it, he brought it up to um, his family at dinner that night. Okay, okay sure. I had, I had no idea until maybe about two or three, I'd say two years ago, when he was like, "Yeah, I, I remember when he told me, and I told my mom or my um my parents at dinner." I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" And he, go, <laughs> he goes, "Uh oh, <laughs> I never told you that." I was like, <laughs> "Man, you had, you had no idea how many people knew." <laughs> they, they knew the whole time, but yeah, it was funny. Oh man, so okay, so you come out, you come out to Greg when you're getting into wrestling. Is it is it a concern of yours? You know, are, are you thinking when you're starting about your sexuality? Is it like, uh oh, what do I do about this? Will I be accepted in this world? Yeah. So I think if it wasn't for wrestling, I probably would have made the decision to come out a lot sooner. But there was that fear of, of um, how the fans would react. How would I guess my fellow wrestlers react? Um, I just didn't want it to affect my career negatively because I've put in so much like I guess not to be cliche like blood sweat and tears into into training and, and making this my all I didn't want any of that to just to be for not just because of like an announcement like that so yeah, of course there's a lot of there's a lot of fear involved yeah I mean and and so when does that process sort of take hold I mean you know your rise in the pro wrestling world has been has been relatively swift I mean you, you know you started in what you said at the like the end of 2012 you said and Correct. you know here we are and, and I'm sure you're listening to me say swift you idiot it's been like seven years I've been like killing myself <laughs> but like as an as an outsider like me it feels like you know you've you've really burst onto the scene in such a magnetic huge way that has just been like a you know a fucking rocket you know w- at what point um you know in your career, do you make the decision to be like, okay, I, I need to do something about this. I, I, you know, my sexuality can't be something that I hide. Or are you coming out to guys that you're wrestling with? Are you, you know, what, what's the process of you coming out to, to everybody sort of in the scene? So the way it happened was, uh, well, I told Greg and then I told my friend group on like a need to know basis throughout the year. So they knew and my parents knew, which was fine by me because at least I had some like somebody to to speak to and talk to, even though like they they they've never been in my shoes, so they can't really understand completely to a degree. But it was good to have people to talk to. Yeah. Uh, as far as wrestling goes, um, I started. I met my boyfriend in 2016. We started dating in July, and I had told him, which I still feel guilty about, and I say it every time I'm doing a podcast, or I'm asked about. <laughs> it um <laughs> like i feel guilty for like hey um like i can't say anything about this until i guess i'm ready i promise you it won't be forever but if you can just bear with me that would be greatly appreciated and, um <laughs> how what was friend, it, what was his reaction to that he was okay like he was genuinely he genuinely liked me enough to put up with that for six months which at times 
um, I know he was completely okay with. And there was other times where I can see the disappointment in his face a -hmm. bit, which broke my heart. Um, How did you guys meet? (laughs) It's very complicated. Oh, no. It's never – listen, Anthony, it can't be a good sign when I ask you how you met your boyfriend and you start laughing. <laughs> it's a can we, can we put that in hold and then we'll uh, finish this thought? Yes, yes, please, of course, please. Okay, because um, I already forgot. I have such a short attention span. I oh, forgot. No, where... Well, as you can tell, me too. I'm just okay. <laughs> we were um, we were dating, and he wanted to make a YouTube video because one of his goals was to have a, a cool YouTube channel. Um, so I was like, eh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know about that, but I guess. So the we made you a, do for love. Yeah, we made a laughing challenge video, and in the video, it was like, "Hey, I'm here with my boyfriend, Anthony Bones, blah blah blah." And when he said that, like, my stomach dropped, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if we could post this. Uh, I don't know if I want people knowing yet." Um, and I saw like that was one of the moments where I saw the disappointment in his face. I was like, "You know what? Screw it. Nobody's gonna see it. Put up that video." <laughs> uh huh. Cut two. Cut to a couple months later, I get a text from one of my, I guess, my best friends in the business, wrestling business, and he was like, dude, why didn't you tell the same thing? <laughs> I saw the video, dot, 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 why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And tried to play dumb, but I, I knew exactly what he was talking about, and um, he clued me in that a lot of people had saw it, and they just, you know, they don't care, they love me, they respect me as a performer, just, they wish they would have said something, all the typical cliche stuff. Sure. But once I heard that, um, that I knew I had the acceptance from a lot of the people that I respected that kind of eased up everything for me. And then I guess it all started to come full circle. Like I'm in this great relationship and I'm making him hide it and I'm hiding it, which is horrible. Um, my friends and family support me. The wrestlers support me. I have an opportunity to help people who may be in a similar situation, um, that I'm going through. So, there's a lot of positive in me saying something and it'll just probably make me feel better as a person, just be a, you know, a burden off my back. And I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell Michael. I didn't tell my friends because I wanted the decision to be solely mine. I didn't want anybody influencing my decision. And, um, in January of 2017, during a couple's game night, <laughs> Michael and I, <laughs> I first thought that moment was the proper time. So I, took out my phone and I made a little Facebook message. I shut it off because I got scared. I also sent the relationship request to Mike. Um, and then like 45 minutes later, I was like, Hey, you know, go check your phone. I, I sent you something. And then he saw it, the relationship request and his face lit up and he jumped on me. And then we, um, we read the notifications together, which was overwhelmingly positive. And yeah. that I was mean, that best couples game night ever. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wait, okay, so how did how did you two meet? Oh gosh, that's complicated. Okay, so you got time. <laughs> I was um, in the closet at the time, obviously, and I happened to download Tinder, and every so often I would pop over to the guy's side and just you know see who was around. And I happened to come across this guy by the name of Michael Pavano. I went, oh. This guy's good looking. And at the time, I didn't like swipe. It's kind of creepy when I think about it. I didn't swipe right. I would just see if there was an Instagram attached to it. Oh, sure. And then, Listen, I, I know the games. <laughs> I would just go to the Instagram and just 
make it a random follow as opposed to, oh, I saw you on Tinder and then all that kind of stuff. So um, we had probably one or two two-minute conversations, nothing crazy at all. This is like like Instagram DMs? Yeah. Okay, I'm painting uh, the picture. Okay. So fast forward like two weeks. I'm sitting at work and I get a message from some random dude, which I ignore. And then I get another one and another one. So I'm like, all right, who is this guy? And like, I message him back. Who are you? He goes, I think, you know, my boyfriend, Michael Pavano. <gasps> no. I was like, uh, I guess I just had like one or two conversations with him. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. We chatted real quick. And he said, I mean, I said, you know, I could just delete the both of you because I'm not out. I'm not going to get in a love triangle between two people I don't know. <laughs> so like, right. I'm over this. And I deleted both of them. And what happened was the, that guy was kind of eh, – he was a bad person. And um, they happened to be on a break. And I guess he was exploring other options at the time. But anyway, so I deleted them both. And then maybe about a couple of months later, I get a friend request from him. And I was like, oh, should I accept this or not? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did. And then I found out that they had broken up months ago because this relationship was very toxic. And we had a few conversations and said we should hang out sometime, but never did. And then one night in May, I was sitting with my friend. <laughs> what are you laughing about? <laughs> Mike just walked into the room and dancing around trying to make me laugh. Oh, well, listen, it worked. Hi, Mike. <laughs> well, say hi. Mike, say hi. Hey. Hi, Mike. I'm hearing about how your love blossomed. It's a beautiful story. No, keep going. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. You can correct him if he gets anything wrong. Uh, yeah, go ahead. He's just going to sit here and smack me anytime I say something bad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. So one particular night in May, which was May 27th, um, I was how, sitting. Okay. With... How do you, you're so good with dates. It uh, <laughs> is boggling my mind. You're like, oh, well, in November of 2012, I don't even know what date it is today. <laughs> <laughs> my friends make fun of me for that because a song will come. I'm like, oh, yeah, 2006, June, something like that. That's I wild. remember that sometimes. Wow. What a skill. <laughs> Um, I was sitting with my friends and like we're having a, um, a bonfire and everybody's with their girlfriends and I was just sitting there alone. So I was like, I am totally over this. I need to leave here. And I had remembered that we had said we should hang out. So I pulled out my phone. I shot him a text and it just so happened to be that at midnight it was his birthday and <gasps> he was going with a couple of uh, his friends and he invited me to come down. So I you did. went at midnight and hung out with him for the first time on his birthday? Yep. Wow. I mean, go big, go home. This is fantastic. Um, I almost didn't get in because I wore a cutoff T-shirt like an idiot and the car wouldn't let me in. So <laughs> <laughs> it almost didn't happen. Wow. So wait, is, is, so, okay, so what happens after this? I mean, are you guys just like you meet and you're just – that's it? Uh, we met. I think we we hit it off pretty pretty instantly, and then we pretty much talked all night. And then I went home pretty early in the morning. Okay, we can leave it at that. <laughs> and then we just kept talking, kept hanging out, and it escalated from there. And we realized that we were perfect for each other. Oh my god, it's just beautiful. I'm seeing hearts float above my head as I 
say all this. <laughs> so wait, I mean, and without getting too personal, I mean, it, was he and is he your your first relationship with a guy? First and only relationship. Wow. I mean, when you know, you know. I've seen enough be successful and enough fail to kind of know what I wanted and how to avoid certain things. So sure. Hey, I mean, more power to you. It's a beautiful story. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Of course. So, uh, getting back to wrestling now that you have flaunted your love for me, uh, as I'm sitting here alone, um, when, when, when you are, you know, getting back, yeah, getting back to wrestling for a second. I mean, it's, it's interesting when you brought up the Attitude Era earlier, you know, because you, what, you're, are you like 28? How old are you? 28, yeah. Yeah, so I'm 30, so, uh, oh, God, I'm so old. Um, <laughs> well, we sort of grew up, you know, watching the same the same era of wrestling. And so, of, of course, it's a tale as old as time as, as a mm-hmm. gay wrestling fan. But, you know, the, the Attitude Era and, and, and you know, really the, the, the era's prior and and a little bit after weren't exactly welcoming to the lgbtq community i mean as a wrestling fan i felt very sort of alienated sometimes from the product that i was watching and and i think in many ways probably kept me in the closet for a while because this this thing that i loved so much felt like it hated me in 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 a very sad way but with that being said it sort of feels like the wrestling world that we're in now is is certainly more progressive. Um, you know, have you felt that? I mean, it, you know, you, you sort of get into this sort of, you know, at, at sort of, I, I want to say on the cusp of this sort of new, exciting generation of wrestling that's that's sort of more progressive and opening and welcoming. I mean, have you felt that since since you've started that things have have changed even since you've gotten into the business? It's definitely evolved for the better because you have a lot of successful guys on the scene right now, like myself or um, Paro or Jake Atlas. And then Both former have, guests. Yeah. Um, just to shout out those episodes real quick. Two good dudes. And then you have AEW picking up Sonny and Nyla. So I think we're heading in the right direction. Still work to be done, but um, we're, de- we're definitely moving forward. I mean, so what, what was the reaction when you're coming out to the guys and the girls that, that you're seeing all the time? Did, were there any people who were not okay with it? Honestly, no. I've I've never experienced, at least so far, anything in person where somebody has physically either come up to me and said something or tried something stupid with me in the ring. It's been honestly pretty smooth sailing as far as the wrestling business. Most of the negativity, or all of the negativity comes from um, online comments and trolls. Well, those people aren't real. You know, <laughs> we don't talk about them. Is, so that's about it. Is in this maybe this is a silly question, and but if, if you're wrestling somebody new, somebody that you're not familiar with, is, is there a conversation that you have about your sexuality, or you know, is that a prevalent thing? Like, is that something that you talk about with with guys that you might be working with? No, I don't think so. I think it's kind of rude to bring that up. Honestly, if they did, yeah, uh, no, of course. I've really never experienced that, no. Yeah, well, that's I'm glad to hear that. I mean, because it's the the wrestling world is so interesting, and, and you can speak to this more than I can. But you know, when I tell people that I'm a big wrestling fan, it's a lot of like, Ugh, like why, like what's that? You know, people who 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 don't love it don't really understand it. Um, and I, I I think 
you know, the world of pro wrestling and, and really probably more so sort of the independent scene, certainly here in L.A., which is just such a, a crazy thing, feels mm-hmm. like a very safe, progressive environment. I mean, can you just speak a little bit about, you know, the culture of, of pro wrestling and how you sort of view it now here in 2019? It's very similar here on the East Coast, and I feel weird portraying it as if it's this, like, super great progressive wonderland but i i'm sure that there's other places around the country where it's kind of an issue and i'm assuming that's more towards i guess southern regions so i can't sit here and say that homophobia is dead in professional wrestling but at least in this particular area which does happen to be uh, very progressive and, and more liberal than other areas of the country um it seems to be okay and moving in the right direction yeah so moving forward for you with how deep sort of the pro wrestling world has become and you mentioned sort of uh all elite wrestling a little bit ago as somebody like you is is wwe still the goal is that what your sights are set on or or do you have a specific focus wwe has always been the goal like i i really had no idea that there was independent wrestling at all Growing up, everything I knew was WCW or WWE, and then once or ECW, and once those two companies went away, everything was just WWE. I didn't realize there was any kind of independent until um, I really started to look into becoming a wrestler. So WWE is and um, still is the goal. Have you and, thought? Of, have you thought about you know? Let's say you get to that level, which I listen. Let's manifest it. I think you will. Let's say you, you oh, get. You. Of course. Let's say you get to WWE. One day, have you given any thought about what you would want your your character to be? Have, have you thought about okay, let's say I get to the highest level. Have you thought about how you would want to incorporate your sexuality? Which isn't to say that it would all be up to you, of course. But mm-hmm. if it were, I mean, would you want to be an out wrestler in WWE and incorporate that into your storyline? I. I really don't know per se. Like they're very good, or NXT is very good right now with bringing people in with the, the gimmick that they have on the independence and kind of refining it to make it their own. Right. I I've always been a kind a person who who leads by example. I didn't really have to force the topic over people's heads. I can just go out there and be that's the kick ass gay pro wrestler as opposed to here's a guy who's. Um, as people would say, forcing an agenda down people's throats. Sure. Uh, that would be a discussion I would have to have with them and, and figure out what kind of idea and how they wanted to move forward with it. But I preferably would like to just, like I said before, lead by example and just be that uh, person who is in, in the lead as far as creating visibility and representation for the community and just overall being a kick-ass performer without having a label dangled over his head. Yeah, I, I, I like that answer because I've thought about it, <laughs> not, not for myself, obviously, because I will not be uh, in WWE anytime <laughs> soon, but just as a fan, I mean, and looking at somebody like you, I think it would be it would be so powerful and so interesting to have somebody of visibility within the company, but it's not it's not the gimmick. Right. It's, it's not their th- it's not their thing. That's not what it is. It, but it's known it, it's they are out, but it's not their thing. They're just they are kick ass, but 
happen to be gay. They're sort of doing that with Sonya Deville in WWE right now, I, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I think she is out. They've been they've been vocal about that, but that's not her storyline, you know. So I, I think um, I, I I respect what they're doing there. But yeah, I mean, I feel like we we can't be that far away from somebody like you just busting in there, and and it's it's it it is not the gimmick, but it's it's known and it's a part of the thing. I just think that would be would be so powerful. So I, I look forward to uh, manifesting this all for you. You have me to thank. Um, <laughs> uh, when this is you in a few years. Well, I'll keep my fingers crossed, and that's what I'm working towards every day. So thank you. Of course. Okay, so let's get back to what we were sort of talking about a second ago. So um, so you are you come out, but you're bisexual. So walk me through um, sort of the process of that and then transitioning to was it new year's day this year correct when you yeah so when you when you fully came out as as just gay what is and fully fully came out that is is not the right phrase but when you sort of you know announced that that you were gay walk me through sort of the transition period between that well uh, yeah i came out as bi in january of 2017 uh with that facebook post and then i wrote an article for uh for out sports and it was truly how i I felt and viewed myself at the time. And then as kind of years went on and I was creating my new character, which is wrestling's five tool player, Anthony Bowens, I, ne- I needed to go back and, um, or should I say, as we were creating the, the new promotional videos for it, I had to go back and find a lot of the, the media that I did in the past. And as I was going through a lot of the articles, I started to notice that you know, they would pin the label to me and be bisexual pro wrestler, bisexual pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. And it just felt less and less like me the more I saw it. Um, and the way I explain it is, is like as you get older and you start to see things a lot differently, you start to view the world differently, you start to view yourself differently. I'm sure if you looked back three or four years ago, you would consider yourself to be a slightly different person. Um, it, the bisexual term just didn't feel me anymore. And I'm, I'm an incredible relationship with Michael. I want to be with him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Is he standing right behind you with the gun to your head? Literally <laughs> laying in bed, staring at me, eating <laughs> Doritos. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I that did really not up. It really is true. I mean, that Doritos love is so strong. I mean, when you were just when you can just do that, I mean, that's when you know. Are they are they are they they Cool Ranch or are they Nacho Cheese? And there is a correct answer to this. They are Cool Ranch. Thank you. That is the correct answer. (laughs) Overall, I just felt like a different person. I felt like I related more to the. Even though, like I said, I hate labels. So if I had to put one on myself, I just relate more to being a gay man as opposed to bisexual. So I wanted to start the year 2019 on a new, uh, new note, new year, new me, I guess. So I decided to put that out there on uh, January 1st. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a delicate thing, right? Because I think bisexuality can be, uh, sort of misunderstood. Yeah, of course it's misunderstood. And so I think it's, it's it, it's interesting that you were able to sort of come to the realization that maybe that wasn't you know despite not enjoying labels that wasn't maybe the label for you. I think it's it, it's an interesting shift that you were able to take because I think a lot of people don't get away from there. You know I think um, mm-hmm. you know I I, I think you know, a lot of people in your shoes would sort of I don't, I don't want to say cling to that 
to to a bisexuality label, but but sort of at least hold on to that for a little bit. And I, I think the thing that you wrote and, and the way that you talk about it is is so eloquent because it, it it's not attempting to uh, shade the idea of bisexuality at all, which of course you know on this podcast and and hopefully everybody listening knows is a very real legitimate thing. I, I think the way that you were able to talk about it was very smart, and it wasn't you know sort of casting aside this dispersion of you know oh bisexuality you know humdrum humdrum whatever that's 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 what you know sixteen year olds say about themselves before they really yeah. want to come out. So I think the way that you've been able to talk about it um, has shown a lot of respect for for bisexuality. So I just want to commend you for that. Well, I appreciate that, and that was something I really wanted to make clear. Is I'm I'm always going to advocate for anybody who identifies. Um, as by there wasn't any kind of like I'm leaving you in the dust or making you feel any kind of way or disrespecting the community at all. Yeah. So, you know, what is your what is your life like now? Because the 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 life of sort of, uh, you know, a professional wrestler is one that despite despite me knowing a lot about the world and the industry is still just it's such an interesting one to me. I mean, can you just like walk me through maybe for somebody who isn't as familiar with wrestling? I mean, what is a, a typical week for you like? And I know the word typical probably doesn't really apply to your life very much these days. But, you know, what what is what is a typical week like for Anthony Bowens? Um, well, I consider myself to be a sports entertainer now as opposed to just a pro wrestler. Because uh, coming off of my, my tryout with NXT in 2015, um, the one thing that stood out to me was they said they're an entertainment company. Um, not a wrestling company anymore. And then once I had that realization, I, I went out and tried to make myself the most complete um, sports entertainer possible. So a lot of what I do now is I do spend a lot of time at the gym. Um, Michael and I have a YouTube channel, which is, I guess you could say successful at this point, growing every single day. So we do a lot of filming for that. Sometimes I have castings for commercials. There's wrestling training, uh, wrestling shows on the weekend when booked. So it could be very hectic, and sometimes it could be very slow, depending on the time of year. Is that is that frustrating? Is is the lack of consistency something that you sort of thrive under, or can it be sort of maddening? No, it's at this point in my life, it's starting to get <laughs> very annoying because I would love to be at a point where everything is very consistent. I don't like when there's downtime because I feel stagnant and I'm not doing anything. I, I need a creative space, which is um, – I think I, I use YouTube a lot for because we're in control of that and we can film, you know, film whenever we want to. Yeah. But a lot more consistency would be – I'd be thankful for that and I'm hoping at some point I'd be able to apply everything that I've done in my career to a TV company with wrestling or someplace like a WWE or a um, AEW, Ring of Honor type thing. Just have, just have more consistency and, and the – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're trying to leave New Jersey is what you're trying to say. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I hear you. Um, you're also uh, a magazine cover model. I mean, do we want to talk about that? Has your life changed? Are you just like, you know, is Vogue next? <laughs> uh, I wish. No, I've, I've done two covers. I was on um, Attitude Magazine's body issue last year, and then I was on the February issue or the current issue of uh, Gay Times. As somebody is- who goes to the gym, I would say on average maybe once a week, um, what do I need to do in order to look like you? Uh, lift for 
12 years, four or five times a week for at least a half, two hours a day. Okay. I'm writing that down. Everybody come (laughs) when I'm 42. Oh my God. I'm (laughs) going to look amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, something, the YouTube channel is so interesting to me because I applaud you and, uh, Michael for being so open about your relationship. Is that a conscious effort that you two made? Yes, because honestly, one of the things that we did before we started really taking YouTube seriously was go through a lot of what's out there already. And we saw that a lot of it was very, like, overly sexual and right. everything is based on the sexual tension between the couple which is cool but we didn't want to portray that we wanted people to like us for our dynamic and for our like unique personalities so we try to be as authentic as possible in each video and it, it, we seem to be getting that message across yeah i yeah i think so i mean i think it's a really interesting peek into um just it doesn't because I've, I've watched a few of your videos and it, it doesn't seem to me that it's how do I say this? It's not really it's not about the fact that you guys are a gay couple. Does that make sense? It just sort of feels like just this sort of cool, rad couple who is in love and wants to sort of share uh, their lives. Like it feels very it feels like there's a purpose to it. It doesn't feel sort of like superficial in any way. I, I, I think you two have a, a fun dynamic. Well, thank you, and and that's correct. We're we're just trying to, I guess, change perceptions of what it means to be an LGBT couple on YouTube. What's uh, how can people find you uh, your YouTube channel? You can our YouTube channel name is Michael and Anthony. So just type that in, or you can type in. How did you come up with huh? that? <laughs> it was a tough one. We deliberated. Now well, the interesting. Now the million dollar question here, and I don't want to. I don't want to cause controversy here. I really don't. But. Why is it not Anthony and Michael? I think Michael and Anthony flows a little better. Michael and Anthony. For Anthony and Michael, because I was like, eh. We're going alphabetical, though, that way. People can't get mad. Mm -hmm. Anthony and Michael. Anthony. We also have Anthony and Michael Hall, who's an actor. You don't want to get confused with him. We don't want people to go to (laughs) Anthony and Michael Hall fans trying to find his stuff, end up on your channel. I mean, it could get messy. So I understand. Uh, I do agree. Michael and Anthony flows better. Uh, I just, you know, was interested if that was a a debate within the household. (laughs) We talked about it briefly, but I I think we both settled on uh, Michael and Anthony mutually. It's fantastic. Um, well, I, I have to say, man, I, I really appreciate your time. And, and, and more than that, I really appreciate everything that, that you've been doing. I mean, as I've said, as a, as a professional wrestling fan who is gay, it's, it's been a really fun and, and encouraging time uh, to, to be a fan of the sport because of people like you and, and the names that you mentioned earlier on this podcast. And, you know, I think with the visibility that you're giving – things and, 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 and the light that you're shining on yourself so willingly, I think it's only going to, to increase from here. I mean, I, I've said this to, to Jake and to Mike and, and, um, you know, when Darren Young was on here, I said this to him as well. It's like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, watching wrestling when I was 10, you know, and, and, and felt very much like an outsider of this world that I wanted to feel very included by, you know, if, if there had been guys like you, it would have been, a hell of a lot easier. So I, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that you're doing that, but I applaud you for doing it so, so openly, so openly and, and, and so willingly and, and, you know, so, so truthfully. So congratulations to you. And, and like I said, you're going to be, you know, somewhere in the next couple of years and I will take credit for all of it. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That really means a lot. Of course, man. Well, thanks so much for the time. And, uh, you know, we'll have to have you back on here soon when, uh, you know, here's going to keep climbing from here. And I, the thing that I, I, I think I'm taking away most from this is that I really do uh, respect your relationship with Michael because he's a Cool Ranch Doritos guy. I just, <laughs> I couldn't, I just, I don't know. I can't see you with the nacho cheese guy. I just can't. That's just, maybe that's my personal opinion, but I just, <laughs> I don't see it for you. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you found a partner who eats the right kind of chip. I'm glad too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank I don't eat them at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now you're going to eat. Oh, <laughs> is he, is he behind you? Like, Oh my God, who is this idiot talking to? <laughs> no, he's laughing on the bed at me being an idiot. Oh God, we're all idiots. Isn't that fun? What a time. To be <laughs> what a time to be alive. Uh, all right, man. Well, again, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for all you're doing. And, uh, I you know, can't wait to continue to follow your career. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. there you go that is it thank you so much for listening thank you to anthony for the time thank you to michael for the little cameo that was fun you know the two of them are are so easy to talk to so easy to get to know and and i really i i feel like we're very fortunate to have them as as these two guys who are really doing a lot for the community and, and anthony in the sports world in general it's it's really great. I, I can't wait to see where he's going to go. It really does feel like big things are coming for him. And, you know, I, I, I can't wait to see what those things are going to be. Pro wrestling, man, it's an exciting time to be to be a fan. And, and especially when, you know, we're talking about the LGBTQ community. It's, it's really exciting stuff. So let's keep our eyes focused there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Daniel Trainer, same team, signing off. Until next time, bye.